you may have been part of or have heard countless stories of members in a church being in some argument. Part of this is natural because we still have sin in our mortal bodies as believers. But the truth is divisions and schisms are not just on major doctrines, but on other disputations. The contention, not the matter, can oftentimes be the divisive issue. Is every difference, distinction, in doctrine and practice cause to mark, shun, and avoid? So what I want to look at in this episode of the Weekly Wholesome Words podcast is we take a look at the issue of being a strong brother and a weak brother. And as the strong, we ought to bear the weak. And as we understand this doctrine, we will be able to have the proper peace and righteousness that is to exist in the church, the body of Christ, and not always the contention, division, and grudgingly putting up with of others. Welcome to the Weekly Wholesome Words podcast, where we examine the sound doctrine in God's Word for the specific purpose to know Christ, gain the renewing of our mind, that we might prove His will in our lives that all things would work together for his purpose. I am Josh Strelecki, pastor and teacher of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join me in this episode to look at the issue of the strong bearing the weak. As God's sons and daughters, we are those who are continually learning Christ. We are continually opening the Word of God and having it teach us the things that we ought to know, whether that would be historical and dispensational matters, or whether it be godliness, how to think like God and act towards our spouse, towards our children, to our parents, to our family, our neighbors, to the members of the body of Christ at church, and so on and so on. We, we, constantly are pursuing his things not only to possess them in our inner man but that they would be the motion of our lives that they would be the power in which we think act and communicate with others one of the common Issues within a local church across the lines of denominationalism and non-denominationalism is disagreement. Not simply, or at least for our focus in this podcast, is not on the major doctrinal matters. We know heresy and blasphemy can be the utter devastating results for teaching error and therefore the appropriate appropriate um, response to those things is avoidance is to mark but oftentimes we make 
every single thing a major doctrinal matter. And our response to it, therefore, is marking and avoiding. And there is some equity. There is some wisdom that we are to possess when it comes to disagreement. Uh, Not seeing eye to eye on non-major doctrinal matters. And what we have to do is we have to be able to identify these non-major doctrinal matters. These, these matters of difference in the application of godliness. And how we go about that in the uniqueness of our lives one with another. And oftentimes these things result in differences of how we utilize the world in which we're in and the, the the various materials in which we possess, and and so on and so on. And what we need to understand is we need to be able to identify. We need to be able to identify the state of edification an individual is, is in. Now this is what the strong, those that are strong in Christ, not only have believed the gospel that are being built up in godliness. If you're not pursuing godliness, this isn't going to be a concern for you. If you're not pursuing the mind of Christ and his love that works no ill to his neighbor, then how to deal with one that is weaker, one that is in in a low estate, then you're not going to be concerned with how you're to deal with that individual. Rather, you'll put them on the same level as yourself, or you will not condescend to that low estate. You will remain minding high things. You will not be thinking soberly, and the knowledge that you possess will puff you up. And a strong brother, a strong sister in Christ who has the knowledge, yet does not function as a strong brother, does not walk charitably towards his or her weaker brother or sister. And so we need to first be able to identify that there is a weakness. If we identify a weakness, not in major doctrinal matters, they have trusted a pure, unperverted gospel, And they are therefore justified unto eternal life. But yet, when it comes to some secondary doctrinal matters or the uh, misunderstanding of the reality of a various doctrine, then we need to be able to identify that and therefore go about dealing with that individual on that basis and not simply resort to the issue of Division, contention, frustration, anger, marking and avoiding. But rather, as those that are stronger in Christ, that have that knowledge on major issues and on on secondary issues, we are to walk charitably. We are to walk charitably. And I want to go to Romans chapter 15. It's kind of the base for what we're talking about. After 
Paul gets done talking about the stronger and the weaker brother. He says this in chapter 15. He says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Now the weakness is in the mind. The weakness is in the understanding or a, or a lack of understanding something. That the understanding and the mind in regards to certain matters is infirm. They possess infir- infirmities. And we as the strong are to bear those. Bearing these infirmities is, is much different than marking and avoiding. Now this, is, this might be something that you have never even considered. And that is because oftentimes we don't see this as a component of godliness. We don't see it as an as a exercise of ourselves under godliness. But look what he says as he goes down to Romans 15. He says, and not to please ourselves. Now, we can do this in an array of ways, right? We can, we can set at naught our brother and therefore to be able to please ourselves and participate in what we're doing and never have any relationship conversation or interaction with the weaker and, 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 a, whole, and a whole host of other things. But he says not to please ourselves. We are to bear their infirmities. He says in verse 2, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Now in the context, it was the issue of the misunder or the, the lack of understanding that all things are pure in regards to what you can eat and, and what days you regard. All days are to be utilized in living unto the Lord, not other days greater than others. But the weaker brother regards certain days compared to other days. The weaker brother only eats certain things and not other things. The stronger brother knows he can eat all things and therefore he does. But in the interaction between the stronger and the weaker brother, he is to not please himself in his liberty based upon his knowledge and understanding. But rather, godliness takes into consideration the knowledge and understanding of someone else, not just what they're supposed to understand, but the degree and measure in which they presently understand or don't. And based upon that discernment, based upon that judgment and examination, the stronger brother takes a course of action That is actually one of building up, not destroying. One of building up, not of uh, disunity and uh, contention and lack of relationship. It is for his or her good to edification. And then look what he says as he further explains and amplifies this in verse 3. He says, for even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, Psalm... uh, 69 verse 9 as is written the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me and we see this in the gospel accounts of when it actually took place when the reproaches of Israel the reproaches and the the misunderstanding and the lack of understanding 
that that Israel had that Christ did not please himself but they fell on him he bore them he took them on and he dealt with them accordingly knowing their problem and he identified the responsiveness of individuals and the non-responsive responsiveness of other individuals and therefore his interaction based upon that was one of more of a stern rebuke a woe against the pharisees and to the others who were responsive it was the issue of follow me and it was my 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 burden isn't heavy and and so on and so on and so we need to be able to understand this issue Examine ourselves, examine others, uh, understand the process of edification, that we didn't always possess the knowledge that we once had, and therefore we shouldn't put false expectations on the weaker brother who has not gone through that process, or who is not uh, at the same uh, uh, measure of maturity that you are. And, And therefore, your relationship with that individual ought to reflect that. It ought to reflect it. And it reflects it by how you come along and deal with them. And you deal with them based upon that situation and you bring them along. You teach them gently and in love and your conduct is, is suitable to where you're bearing their infirmities. Now this concept is all throughout the scriptures, all throughout Paul's epistles. Although the ones that I'm going to make mention of you to you are not in the very same context. They are very similar. Galatians 6 verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider on thyselves, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. One of the things that I have found common, not only with myself, but in various situations and circumstances that I have heard or have counseled in, is that the, the, the two individuals or the two parties don't even interact the one that is that is identifying themselves as strong is not even interacting with the weak. They're holding the weak to their same level of maturity when they forget the process it took. They don't have a spirit of meekness. They don't have a spirit of meekness. That's what he says over there in Second Timothy chapter two. In verse 24, he says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. When you instruct someone, you're giving some, them some knowledge and understand, understanding that they do not yet possess. And we need to recognize that they don't possess it yet. And therefore, conduct and behavior is a, is a meek conduct and behavior in these non-major doctrinal Issues, not one of discord and contention and striving. He says over in First Thessalonians chapter five, he he explains to them as he gives these final exhortations. He says, And we beseech your brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort 
the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. The, 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 one of the strengths that we are to possess as believers with all might, according to his glorious powers, it's unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. We are to be patient with fellow believers who are weaker than we are. And we don't compromise the doctrine, but we conduct ourselves in such a way that recognizes and discerns that lack of maturity. And in meekness, not uh, high-mindedness, we come to their level to bring them along. We bear their infirmness. We bear their infirmities that they might be edified, be built up, and to grow, not to be destroyed. And I want to leave by dealing with this, and hopefully this just gave you some things to consider in regards to your relationship with fellow members of the body of Christ, those that have trusted the gospel, although they might be in uh, other denominations, and although they might be in our grace churches, is that in Romans 14, verse 17, he gives this profound statement. He says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now that is what he's been dealing with, meat and drink and, the, and these feast days. But think about the principle of that as well. What the kingdom of God is and what it is not. And here he says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. When it comes to these non-major doctrinal matters, whether they be purely doctrine and knowledge we're supposed to possess or the application of doctrine, the application of godliness that isn't uh, um, match up perfectly with our lives and how we exercise ourselves under godliness, is that The kingdom of God is in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is what we should be endeavoring to keep. He says that over in Ephesians. He says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And there's some doctrinal matters that we have a unity in. And then there's some other things in which we are to manifest our worthiness of our vocation by displaying a lowliness and a meekness, a long-suffering, and a forbearing of one another in love. And so I pray, beloved, that you would consider these things. I've heard so many times of individuals who want to, are thinking about leaving a church. Members of churches who've come to me, various other churches who come to me and say, hey, this is going on, and I'm thinking about leaving. And I tell them that is no biblical reason to leave your local church. That is all the more reason to manifest godliness. And I try to help them to discern the various situations and circumstances and if they are the weaker brother or if they are the stronger brother and the course of action they are to take and if they're the weaker brother I teach them the word of God gently and meekly and if they're strong and they know the the matter uh, appropriately 
and and rightly, then they are not to please themselves, but to please his neighbor unto edification and bear the infirmities of the weak. And I will say this. Our churches, our grace churches, are filled and being filled more and more with those that are weak. And contention comes from a weak brother and a weak brother or a strong brother whose knowledge is puffing him up and the charity isn't edifying. He has not exercised himself in the godliness unto his weaker brother. And what we need is we need strong brothers and sisters in Christ who are able to identify the major doctrinal issues and the non-major doctrinal issues and be able to hold them up to the to Scripture for they are derived from the word of truth and be able, therefore, to conduct themselves in a godly manner to those whom they are discerning in this situation circumstances reflected of their weakness and therefore bear their infirmities. If we had many more sons and daughters of God bearing the infirmities of the weak, there would be much more joy and peace and righteousness taking places in churches than there is now. And not only that, but there would be a spirit that would reside in that church that was promoting godly edification to take place. That they would be pursuing, therefore, a like-mindedness in the things of God and wanting to do it together. Well, Again, hopefully some things to further consider this week and some passages to look at. And as you read through the scriptures, hopefully these things start to pop out to you and start becoming part of your exercise unto godliness. That it might profit all those in whom you exercise it unto. Well, until next week, look up. <laughs>